0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, April 10th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, longtime Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys?
0: Excited to continue our uh, bracket, trying to determine the greatest, most influential, coolest Red Wings figure of all time. Uh, We did the first half of the Sweet 16 on yesterday's show, had a lot of fun not nearly as uh, out of our mind as we usually were. Uh, So We had a lot of good debates, a lot of facts being brought to the table, uh, and just a lot of good matchups, and that's no different than the matchups we got today. Uh, We welcome on Sergio Colchester, friend of the program, here to uh, bring his expertise. Sergio, welcome back.
2: What day is it, boys? Friday. It's Friday. You
0: sure? On Friday.
1: Nobody Dude, really. I knows don't. Anymore. Uh, I this is the first time in about like five or six years that the days really have started to blur together, and I'm like, I, I genuinely don't know what what's going on anymore. I haven't left. My, <laughs> I leave my house like once a week, and it's just at a random time. Oh, is it
2: Easter.
0: It is something like good that. Friday. Easter it, is this it, week. It's, it's oh, it is Good, good Friday. Friday. Yeah. It is Good Friday, a very Good Friday. If you haven't checked out our uh, our previous editions of this tournament be sure to go back and check those out we run them every thursday and friday so they'll be pretty easy to find uh finishing up the second half today like i mentioned before and if you haven't uh if you haven't heard it already go back and listen to wednesday's episode with ken cal he talked about the 2002 red Wings stanley cup run uh along with a little behind the scenes looks that uh I i think red wings fans probably didn't know about lots of good insight there from from one of the most legendary figures uh in Detroit sports broadcasting, but we will jump right into it because we don't have a lot of time. we got lots of debates to be had. Uh, the first matchup of the second half of the Sweet 16 is the number three overall Terry Sawchuck versus a number 14 overall, Chris Osgood. Sergio, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I, I think <laughs> this one is tough. This is a great matchup. It's a real great matchup because Terry Sawchuck is by all accounts a Far superior goaltender to Chris Osgood. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a far superior figure in Red Wings history to Chris Osgood. Um, he is an absolute legend on a global level uh, in, the, in the game of hockey. Uh, he's not a regional favorite. He's not a fan favorite. He's, he's pretty uh, solidly one of the three greatest goaltenders that ever lived. And he more the wing wheel for most of his career. Um, <clears throat> he won a whole bunch of cups with the wings. I think he won some cups with the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. He's, he's more remembered as a, as a Red Wing, of course. Uh, and he, you know, I grew up with a framed photo of him in my bedroom uh, as, a, as an aspiring goalie. But the reason I was an aspiring goalie is because Chris Osgood was the most lovable athlete that this city could have ever seen you're not wrong he is my favorite athlete of all time he is my childhood hero um and he is a true true underdog every man uh in in every sense of the word the I, I listened to the podcast that you guys did with Terry Foster last week where Terry Foster really nailed down what it was about Chris Osgood that made him such a beloved figure I mean polarizing but for the people that that loved him so beloved and that was this chris osgood more so than any athlete i've ever uh followed really embodied the benevolent soul of pro sports and loyalty and civic pride uh more in, in, in a way that you know uh, is just so beautiful he came here you could tell he was so proud to be a Red Wing. Um, when he let the whole city down by misplaying that puck against the Sharks in Game 7 1994, you know, he pulled a, a sports writer aside to, you know, just talk, what am I going to do? I, I've let the whole city down. And and it. you could see it, even as a young child that I was, how much he cared, how much it meant to him how vulnerable he was in those moments. Um, and, uh, and you just don't see that in sports. You, you really, really don't. And it made me love sports in a way that I don't think that I would have otherwise. Chris Osgood, in addition to that, you know, I can, we can talk about his character as much as we want, and, and, and his character rivals anybody else on this entire bracket. But what we're not going to talk about enough, and especially if you get summarily dismissed by you two, is that Chris Osgood was a stellar goalie. And he was, you know, yesterday I talked about how much fun it was to watch Pavel Datsuk. It was so much fun to watch Chris Osgood because he played the position with a little bit more fluidity and a little bit more sort of wildness than, uh, than you see. Most goalies are robots. Uh, you know, they, they play the position sort of in a very uh, crisp and uh, clean manner. You know, goals against them look the same. You know, when you beat it, most, my, my point being this, most goalies look the same. Chris Osgood did not look the same. He was undersized as a, as a goaltender, but he filled the net up uh, nonetheless. His glove hand was spectacular. Watching Chris Osgood make love saves was one of the most beautiful sights that I've ever seen a goalie produce, and I got to watch that for most of my childhood. Um, and when he stacked the pad, his signature save, going, go, going post-to-post, stacking the pads, uh, you know, the, the steel curtain save, uh, he just made these Sports Center top ten highlight plays that were so magnetic to watch and made him such, a, such an awesome figure. He's my favorite athlete of all time. I am going with Chris Osgood.
0: Hmm. Uh, I can't argue with any of that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, for me, this is what it breaks down to, right? Chris Osgood and Terry Sawchuk, one and two all-time in Red Wings wins, leaders. I agree with everything you said about Chris Osgood in terms of his character and and whatnot. But Terry Sawchuk had a character of his own, and, and it's one of a bygone era, but I it's one that I think defines the bygone era. When you look back at you know the, the 40s and 50s and 60s and just what it meant to be a goaltender during that time, those guys were insane. Straight up. And like Terry Sawchuk was, <laughs> was so crazy. He had a biopic made of his insane life. He finished his hockey career with 447 regular season wins. Uh, which stood for over thirty years, and then his, his record of one hundred and three shutouts was uh, wasn't broken until two thousand nine by Martin Brodeur. He's just to me, it's it's t- it's tough. And as we get into the nitty gritty here, you know, logic's kind of starting to prevail out of my brain. Uh, where it was not maybe in the last two rounds, but uh, I, I think Wait, he just, I think when you just look at it on his face, yes, I think that Chris Osgood is one of the most important, if not greatest, goaltenders in Red Wings history. But Terry Sawchuk is one of the greatest goaltenders in NHL history, and he made his name here in Detroit. He's he has this legend to him, you know, the scars, the no face mask, the just everything that went along with Terry Sawchuk. He is a caricature of what it meant to be. Uh, a goaltender in the origins of hockey as we know it. And, and to me, I I think that's why he's going to get my vote.
1: Okay. So the
0: the goalie is making this decision. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) this is, this is my thinking with goalies of the past. You know, you guys know, like they didn't have backup goalies back then. Like, Mm-hmm. The 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 years you see Terry Sawchuk playing 70 games is because there are 70 <laughs> games in a season and he was the only goalie on
2: the team. And I gotta played... say, I still don't understand why they do have backup goalies. I, I that's that's baffled me my entire life. What? what are you really? talking about why? Yeah, that's a different it's a different pod. Oh, a different no. pod oh no. Oh no. He's doing be it again. Able to play every game. <laughs> He's doing you it again. He's able to play every game. And you, you should.
1: What happens if you have a bad game?
2: Listen, the mental aspect of playing goalie is one thing I I get it, but uh, you know, you should be able to play every game. It's hard out there. (laughs) Continue. You
1: gotta stretch a lot. What I was thinking with Osgood is he came into the league. Look, this is a hard, incredibly hard decision for me. Osgood came into the league when the butterfly style was just starting, and to see his evolution throughout his career in terms of developing a style and he's not so much of a stand-up goaltender anymore. But it and and with all of the, you know, Vernon coming in, splitting time with shovel Day, like Dominic Hachek. And for Osgood to still throughout all of that be top two in wins for a Red Wing is something that really speaks to me. And I also think his approach to the game is some of like the utmost professionalism you can show. And that shows now that he's doing commentary for Fox Sports Detroit. He's also been on the Red Wings for three of their Stanley Cups in that span that they were sick. And he was the starting goalie for two of them. And he's scored a goal. (laughs) Terry Sawchuck never scored a goal. And quite frankly, if you put me Chris in a Ozka time never. if you put if you put me in a time machine and I can go back and play, I I would be the all time. You would be wins the Terry
0: Sachuk. I would be Terry Sacha. <laughs> yeah, but what if you had to do it without a mask? What if you had to do without a mask?
1: Dude, dude. Liter- well, I mean, I guess that's a the Okay, risk you okay take, so you literally couldn't saying. even do what he did. I would do. I mean, if I can go back in time and be the uh, the goat, yeah, for sure. I'd have without a mask. If I can go, go back go with back the memory and... I have now, Nolan, they didn't use curves on their stick. They were just flat. They hardly got them off the ice. I'm just it's saying how I'm just saying you they they it was a different sport. So yeah, he's sick, and that's the reason why they can play 70 games, Sergio, is cuz these guys didn't like the shots were a a quarter of what they are now he took 24 pucks mm-hmm. to the face i don't care if that thing comes in at eight miles
0: like yeah, and listen, listen i get listen, it, listen, it hurts. listen listen i'm not trying to discount your argument at all cool chris oscar going on to the next round that is you know that's not going to put my panties in a bunch one bit however
1: good that's don't what's don't happen.
0: discount what terry Sawchuk did just because but you you are in a way because you're saying like oh i could have done this i could have done that well guess what nobody nobody did for 30 years nobody passed his wins record for 30 years
1: yeah but now in a league where there's two goalies and you could arguably split time these guys are still putting up incredible stats and like i just think that he was unbelievable the pinnacle of the sport goaltending wise for half a century. I completely get that. That's fine. I get that. But I just think I just like Chris Osgood more. That's fair. Just That's fair. i going to go on. And That's Chris Osgood
0: uh, will have a matchup in the next round, either against the number six overall, Sergei Fedorov, or, or the number 54 overall, making a sweet 16. Here a- we go again. Against all odds. Can he continue the magic? It is number 59, Tyler Bertuzzi. Ethan, we'll start with you. Do you, are,
1: do I have to? Yeah, I have convince to go first. Me,
0: convince me one way or the other.
1: All right, this. You know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm. I don't even want to do this anymore. Okay. <laughs> NHL All Rookie Team in 1991. <laughs>
0: I'm just, I'm, just I'm, just I'm just kidding I'm just kidding. It's very clearly Sergey Fedorov God, and uh, as a matter of fact we are going to be on next week's show talking with the author of the Russian Five Keith gave about the defection that led Sergey Fedorov to joining the Red Wings uh amongst a whole bunch of other stuff about that that uh the Russian Five and the '90s Red Wings and whatnot, so be on the lookout for that. But yeah, I think this one's pretty cut and dry. It's going to be Sergey Fedorov going out of the next round. We spent a pretty considerable amount of time uh, on Chris Osgood, Terry Chaw- Terry Sawchuk, so we'll just speed this one up. But
1: uh, that's it. That's all. That's it. I didn't have no. to try.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man,
1: I was getting all amped up for that one too. No, because I know. You guys, you guys no, are something else. No,
0: I know. It's it's fine though. I I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that when we didn't really have that much
2: time. <laughs> can, I just, can I just say this? Yeah. Imagine yeah. imagine this matchup as an actual college basketball game. Um, you know, let's say it's Thursday night uh, on, on CBS, Sweet 16.
0: Oh, my God. He's going to swim.
2: Tyler Bertuzzi shows up and goes into halftime only down three. You know, I That's, really – I thought you guys, I thought you
1: two had like some side deal going on where you guys were just gonna push Tyler Bertuzzi all the way to the finals, and then I was just gonna be the guy that's trying to be like, guys, it's, it's Nicholas Lindström. There I are thought people on the was. bracket.
2: There were other, there were people that made the Sweet Sixteen that I might have voted Tyler Bertuzzi over, but but Sergey Fedorov is not one of those people.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. And the thing with uh, the thing with uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, I think Sid Abel wasn't gonna win this bracket. Chris Chelios wasn't gonna win this bracket. We needed we needed an underdog story to make the people feel good. And quite frankly, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi fits the bill. We talk about Brendan Shanahan. Sergio mentioned earlier. Uh, they possess a lot of the same qualities, play the exact same style of player. And I think that the reason why we pushed Tyler Bertuzzi through is is that maybe I didn't realize it at the time, but he's the next Brendan Shanahan. So. Uh, we're gonna miss him, was, no doubt. I don't
2: think it was, I don't think it was remotely as uh, crazy for us to push him past Chris Chelios as Ethan made it seem to be. Because when all is said and done, I was speaking I, I, facts. I, 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 when all is said and done, Tyler Bertuzzi is going. As long as he stays, a Red Wing is going mm-hmm. to be a much more memorable hey, Red Wing hey. than Chelios. And there's no, and there's no question. There is no doubt about it.
0: He I love that. That's a great from, argument, and I 100 like, like agree
2: with you. Chris Chelios was a great. Chris Chelios was a great Montreal Canadian. He was a great <laughs> Chicago Blackhawk. When he played for the Red Wings, he was a bottom pair defenseman that uh, you know was on he, the greatest just, team in On great the greatest team in NHL, history. but still, but but still, Tyler Bertuzzi of all of the guys that play for the Red Wings right now. He's the one that I look at and I see you know 99 he's, goals he's, scored in his career. He's the he's the one that I see having the brightest future.
0: Yeah, and and like a lot of different ways too. Just like the just like the likability, mm-hmm. like the nat- the national mm-hmm. appeal to Tyler Bertuzzi. I think once the Red Wings become contenders uh you know when that day comes, hopefully in the the short future. But I think when that day comes, Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be the guy that is kind of the face of it. While Dylan Larkin's the captain, I think Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm, and I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of a way it's to. A real it's a real
2: Iserman-Shanahan Shanahan. It's a real Eizerman Shanahan dynamic. Absolutely, absolutely, it really
0: is. Um, so yeah, farewell, Tyler. We'll see you in five years. Maybe you'll make it to the the final four. Uh, but up next, we have. A pair of production line already, members. He was
1: already in the last sixteen best Red Wings of all time. I mean, this. Hey, this, this we're, the sky's we're moving limit, on. I guess, huh?
0: We're moving on. We're moving on. It, it is. Something. It really is. <laughs> all right, so we you have, guys have the number. Just gave him a
1: five-minute send-off.
0: We have the number seven overall, Ted Lindsay, against the number ten overall, Alex Delvecchio. This is a very, very tough one. Um, I think a case could be made uh, for either of these guys. But I'll start with this. Alex Delvecchio has more goals than Ted Lindsay. He's got more points. He's got more games played. He has a, he he spent way longer with the Red Wings. Ted Lindsay bounced around to a couple teams. But I don't think that uh, I, I I think that the Ted Lindsey not playing his entire career for the Red Wings thing is something that can be immediately nixed from the strikes against him because of the fact that he was only traded away because uh, he made an attempt to start the players union uh, way back in the 50s when, when players had virtually no rights. And when I say virtually, I mean literally no rights. Uh, you draft a guy, and from there on, it's, it's, if you don't like it, maybe we'll trade you, but probably not. Uh, you don't really have much say in it. Uh, he's the reason why we have free agency. In the way we do uh, nowadays in the NHL, or at least a big part of that. And I remember when Ted Lindsay passed away, one of the guy one of the things that a, a lot of the guys kind of said, and a lot of the stories that I read was uh, that he was always around the locker room right up until his last days. He was uh, he would oh, sit yeah. in when when Blashill and Babcock and Bowman were talking to the guys and and just be like, "That's right, you need to pick it up." And just he was just such a presence. And then there's the fact that he. You know, off the ice was just a guy who realized he had platform and could do things uh, about injustices in the world, and that's not just referring to the players' union. I remember uh, when he passed almost a year ago, uh, probably right in this exact time frame. Um, but I remember I was assigned a story by the news where I was going to uh, write about his autism foundation, the Ted Lindsay Foundation. That was kind of uh centered around treating autism. And I remember uh I, I talked to the guy who he started the foundation in partnership with. I believe his name is John Zarnecki. And uh, John Zarnecki was Ted Lindsay's trainer. Ted Lindsay invited him to uh to uh his birthday party. And when he didn't show up, he went to him and he said, uh he said, Hey, why weren't you at my birthday party the other day? And he said, Well, you know, my my son unfortunately uh he kind of caused some problems for us last night. My son, you know, was diagnosed with autism. Uh, there's this issue and this issue that we frequently have to deal with. I can't remember the exact story, but Ted Lindsay said, well, what can we do about that? And the Ted Lindsay foundation was born. Uh, and I think, you know, it just to me, the the way that that guy uh, was so willing to just go out of his way to just help people who couldn't help themselves, or try and just make the world a better place. I, I think as a lasting impact, both in the community uh, and on the ice, in just so many ways, his impact will be felt for the rest
2: of hockey history. Nolan, you swayed me because I was going to be an asshole and pick Alex Telbecki up, yep. but you're right. It, 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 you know, the obvious pick here is Ted Lindsay. Um, let, me, let me say some things about Alex Telbecki yep. Interestingly enough, you, you mentioned up front we had a matchup of two members of the production line. Huge misnomer. Uh, actually, Alex Delvecchio was not on the production line. Alex Del, the, the center for the production line was was Sid Abel. So oh, Alex Delvecchio played Imagine his career presumably as a uh, as a second liner, um, and and was a and, and ended his career. And at the time that he retired, had the second most points in NHL history. Think about that. He retired in 1971. Uh, that's a lot of hockey history to be the second most prolific prolific goal creator uh, in the history of the game. So, Alex Delvecchio, you know. He doesn't. I, I think his his sort of much less flashy, less controversial manner uh, might have might lead to people our age not knowing as much about him as we do about Ted Lindsay. Uh, but he was a dynamite player. Uh, put up production down the you know down the lineup without playing alongside Gordie Howe, without playing alongside Sid Abel, uh, played his entire career with the Red Wings and and is a part of this trinity being uh, Steve Iserman, Nicholas Lindstrom, and Alex Delvecchio of the only three players in NHL history that played 1,500 games for the same team. Mm -hmm. Uh, All three of them are Red Wings, uh, and it's one of the coolest little... Uh, tidbits of, of information that, that the Red Wings have. Uh, Delvecchio is a legend. I, I imagine, you know, if we talked to our grandparents about this, they might make a, a stronger case for Delvecchio than you and I or Ethan are able to. But I, I think those things should be said. That, that all being said, Terrible Ted definitely going to move on.
1: Yeah. Both you guys took the words and stats that I have written down right off the paper, not in my mouth. So I really don't have anything else to say, but I am going to give this to Lindsay. All
0: right. That brings us to our last matchup of the day. It's going to be the number two overall Gordy Howe versus the number 15 overall Vladimir Konstantinov. Uh, this one's pretty easy. Gordy Howe, the greatest hockey player to ever live until a guy named Wayne Gretzky came along. Uh, and even then, I, th- I think there's a, a debate to be made there, but that a different story for another time. Uh, Vladimir Konstantinov didn't have a super long career with the Red Wings, obviously, uh, for reasons that were completely out of his control and, and truly tragic circumstances. Uh, it's just kind of unfair for him. He he really didn't have a shot to to make his full footprint imprinted in this uh, imprinted in this bracket because of the fact that his career was cut short by that limousine accident, but. Uh, even so, I, I don't think there's much of a case to be made outside of uh, you know a couple production line members and then maybe our top four or five seeds uh, to beat Gordie Howe. So it's going to be Gordy Howe moving on over Vladimir Konstantinov. you guys, assumingly uh, across the board, unanimous with that?
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was the easiest one on the board. Uh,
0: so long to Vladdy. He, he was a guy that I would have loved to keep pushing through, but... I mean, there's only eight spots left in this illustrious tournament. There's a lot of great guys in Red Wings history. So, uh, Sergio, you pretty much gave him the swan song on last week's episode. But a guy who was a key piece of the uh, 97 Cup, he was a member of the Russian Five, which is arguably, you know, one of the most influential groups, cores, cliques, whatever you want to call them, in sports history in general. Uh, they paved the way for the NHL to look the way it is these days. And uh, and then you go with the lore that he had uh, after – getting hurt in that year when the Red Wings were winning one for Vladdy, uh, Just through that entire season, um, a, a massive footprint that cannot be erased. Uh, it, it is a shame to see him go, but unfortunately it's, it's got to happen.
2: Yep. Beautifully said.
0: Well, that does it for today's episode of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, the Sweet 16. It's only going to get better from here. We got four matchups to do next week. It's going to be Steve Eisenman versus Mr. I Scotty Bowman against Nicholas Lidstrom. Chris Osgood against Sergey Fedorov and Gordy Howe against Ted Lindsay. I am truly excited. We hope you guys are back here next week, Thursday and Friday to help us break down the last few slots of this bracket. And of course, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, join us for a two part episode featuring Russian five author Keith gave uh, to talk a little bit about the 95, 96 Red Wings, just kind of how the whole defection process transpired to get the Russian Five in Red Wings uniforms. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Ethan, any departing words?
1: Um, farewell, Tyler Bertuzzi.
0: <laughs> how about you, Sergio?
2: Flatten the curve, boys.
0: Flatten the curve. Be sure to go check out our listeners bracket on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. And then, of course, rate, review, subscribe. Have these episodes ready in your inbox when you wake up in the morning. No better way to start your day than with uh than with the lockdown letter boys. See you guys next week.